This is the Regular Pastor Podcast, a podcast devoted to regular pastors of regular churches. My name is Landon Coleman. I am a regular pastor here at Emanuel Baptist Church in the big O, Odessa, Texas. This is season four in the Regular Pastor Podcast where I'm talking about books and ideas and how books and ideas impact the day-to-day ministry of regular pastors. Some of the books that I've talked about in season four are new books, books relating to sort of current issues, current events. Some of them are classic books, and that is certainly the case with the book that I'm talking about today. The book is Basic Christianity by the one and only John Stott. This book is published in 1958, originally by Erdman's. It was republished uh, multiple times. This is the third edition published in 2008. The book is 160 pages total. That's 149 pages of actual book. Uh, Like I said, this is the third edition. There are a couple of prefaces because it's not the first run of this book. Uh, The book is divided into four parts. So part one has three chapters. Part two has a couple of chapters. Part three has a couple of chapters. And then part four has three chapters at the end. Uh, The three sections, or I should say the four sections, are part one, who Christ is, part two, what we need, part three, what Christ has done, part four, how to respond. And then there is a first chapter that sort of stands alone outside of those four parts that sets the stage for the whole book. John Stott, probably not a lot of people today know who he is, but that was not the case during his lifetime. John Stott was born in 1921. His father was an agnostic. His mother was a Lutheran. They sent him to boarding school as a boy where he heard the gospel and became a Christian. He was studying at Cambridge University, and while there at Cambridge, he began training to enter uh, the Anglican clergy, and eventually he became a leader in the Anglican church. Uh, in which he was a part of growing up. Stott's legacy reached far beyond English Anglicanism. Uh, Throughout his life, Stott was a major influence in global Christianity, conferences, evangelicalism as a whole. Uh, His books and his sermons are considered to be modern classics. He died in the year 2011. He was 90 years old. His death was so impactful or significant that several secular news organizations published obituaries honoring him, uh, some even saying that if Protestants could elect a pope, Stott would be elected. Let's talk about the big idea, the big summary, the big picture of this book. Keep in mind that Stott was writing in the year 1958 originally. He argues that in the 20th and the 21st centuries, many people have turned their back on the church. They reject institutional, uh, excuse me, they object to institutional power. They don't like entrenched privilege. Uh, They're not a fan of religious corruption. Yet, this is a quote from the, the preface, what they have rejected is the contemporary church, not Jesus Christ himself. Stott makes the case that when you begin to study the person of Jesus, you actually find somebody who was anti-establishment, very revolutionary, and highly virtuous. 
So he's the opposite of what all of these modern people are rejecting when they reject the church. So Stott says, for all these reasons, the person of Jesus remains strangely appealing to so many people who want absolutely nothing to do with the church. The spirit of the age may have more or less attraction to Jesus in his church, but the central question to answer is, who is Jesus? Was Jesus who he claimed to be? The question Stott asks is about Jesus, was he true? So there's little question about whether or not Jesus of Nazareth was a historical figure. There are biblical and non-biblical sources that attest to his existence. The question that we've got to wrestle with is, this is a quote from Stott, can we believe that he was in some sense God? That's an important question. If Jesus was who he claimed to be, everything else changes. There may be plenty of things we don't like about the church, but if Jesus was who he claimed to be, everything changes. If Jesus was not who he claimed to be, then we can just dispense with the entirety of the Christian faith as well as the Christian church. So a couple of important ideas from this book. Right out of the gate, Stott makes the point that Christianity is about believing and behaving. And you've got to remember that he's writing in 1958, and he's writing as an insider in a state church, the Church of England. And he's making the point that to be a Christian is not just a matter of being a certain nationality and having your name on the parish list with the state church. It's not just about doing good or right things, but it's about believing the truth and behaving a certain way. Both of those things. It starts with believing, and what we believe as Christian people is the truth about Jesus. Then, as Christian people, we put our beliefs into practice. Now, this is not legalism. This is not Phariseeism. This is not just do-goodism where we don't care about doctrine and you say, well, just be a nice person. But this is believing the truth and then allowing what we believe to play out in our lives. That's what being a Christian is all about. A second important idea from this book are the things that Stott talks about when he talks about the resurrection of Jesus. When I went back and read these chapters, Uh, multiple times throughout my life, I always think about the writing of Lee Strobel. Lee Strobel has sort of popularized uh, the case for Christ, the case for faith, and a lot of what Strobel has to say as an apologist centers on the idea of the resurrection. And basically everything that Stott argues, or excuse me, that Strobel argues is found in what Stott wrote uh, some almost 70 years ago now. He makes the case that there is very good historical evidence for believing in the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Number one, the body was gone. No one ever produced it. Number two, uh, the first witnesses says the grave clothes were undisturbed. Number three, multiple people, many people on several occasions saw and talked to and touched and interacted with the risen Lord Jesus Christ. And then fourthly, the disciples were changed men before Jesus rose from the dead and after he rose from the dead. So there's very good reason to believe in the resurrection of Jesus. And again, if Jesus rose from the dead, then we can believe everything that he said about himself. A third important idea from this book uh, is the idea of counting the cost. And I just want to turn to page 111 And I want to read some of what Stott says. 
This is what he says on page 111. Christianity is far more than accepting a series of statements about Jesus, true though they are. We may believe everything there is to believe about Christ and admit that we are indeed sinners in need of his salvation, but this does not make us Christians. We have to make a personal response to Jesus Christ, committing ourselves totally to him as Savior and Lord. He goes on. I'm skipping a little bit. The quote continues. Jesus never concealed the fact that his religion included a demand as well as an offer. Indeed, the demand was as total as the offer was free. His offer of salvation always brings with it the requirement that we obey him. Christians are called to count the cost. I think we have largely forgotten that as evangelicals living in the West today. We just want people to pray a prayer and make some response to Jesus. Yes, they need to make a response, but that response is repentance and faith and a commitment to follow Jesus as a disciple. Uh, Favorite quote, I could not pick just one, so I have selfishly picked two. You can do that when you run the podcast. Favorite quote number one is on page one, the very beginning. He quotes Genesis, in the beginning, God, and he says the first four words of the Bible are more than a way of launching the story of creation or introducing the book of Genesis. They supply the key that opens our understanding to the Bible as a whole. They tell us that the religion of the Bible is a religion in which God takes the initiative. The point is that we can never take God by surprise. We can never anticipate him. He always makes the first move. He is always there in the beginning. Before we existed, God took action. Before we decided to look for God, God had already been looking for us. The Bible isn't about people trying to discover God, but about God reaching out to find us, to which I say amen and amen. Now I'll flip towards the back of the book. Here's another favorite quote from page 112. He's talking about, again, counting the cost, the importance of discipleship, and he says this, quote, the Christian landscape is strewn with the wreckage of derelict half-built towers, the ruins of those who began to build and were unable to finish. All too many people still ignore Christ's warning and undertake to follow him without first pausing to reflect on the cost of doing so. The result is the great scandal of so-called nominal Christianity. In countries to which Christian civilization has spread, large numbers of people have covered themselves with a decent but thin veneer of Christianity. They've allowed themselves to become a little bit involved, enough to be respectable, but not enough to be uncomfortable. Their religion is a great soft cushion. It protects them from the hard unpleasantness of life while changing its place and shape to suit their convenience. No wonder cynics complain of hypocrites in the church and dismiss religion as escapism. as a great quote, and it's a great call, a great challenge to hear Jesus telling people to count the cost when they decide to trust in him and to follow him. Ministry Takeaway, this is a pretty basic, straightforward book. I mean, the title is Basic Christianity. This book has endured some 60, 70 years because it is a classic treatment of what Christianity is all about. It's sort of a a book in the vein of C.S. Lewis' Mere Christianity. We still read it. People still go back to it. Why? There are hundreds of books written today 
about Christianity, trying to sum it up from this angle or that angle, this perspective, that perspective, with this agenda, with that agenda, this emphasis, this focus. This is just a classic, straightforward summary of the Christian faith. It's helpful for believers to go back and to read these things and remember these things. And it's helpful for non-believers to understand these things and to sort of cut through the mess of what Christianity is all about and get down to the heart of the gospel. I don't really have any critique or criticism of this book. I've read it multiple times. I've read it with my staff. I've read it as an individual. Uh, I think it's a great, great book that belongs on the shelf of any believer. Good Star gives it what I think is a really low rating, 4.09. I gave it a solid 5, and I think, uh, as I just said, it deserves to be read widely uh, even today, some 70 years after it was written. Who should read it? Non-Christians who are curious about Christianity, you'll find a great summary of our faith here. Parents who want to know how to teach their kids, there are some great basic biblical truths and principles here that you want to pass down to your kids. And I think pastors ought to read this book. There's probably not a lot in here that will shock you or catch you off guard, but Stott's a good writer. He's a simple writer. He's a clear writer. And the way that he talks about the gospel and writes about the gospel will help pastors know how to share the gospel and preach the gospel in the pulpit. Thanks for listening to the Regular Pastor Podcast. You can subscribe for weekly episodes wherever you listen. We appreciate you leaving an A-plus rating. That would be fantastic. Follow Regular Pastor online at regularpastor.com. Find me on Goodreads by searching for Landon Coleman. If you've got a book recommendation, shoot me an email, landon at emmanuelodessa.com. I'd love to read it and review it. Until next week, this is the Regular Pastor. Out.